0: This is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys.
1: Presented by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands
0: on Seattle's sports station. And Brook, you are. And Brooke you are. Powered through the
1: Alaska Airlines studio. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewert and
0: Mike Salk. Let that fire. Yeah, we might need to have our friend Matt Miller back on, Brock. I'm looking at his latest mock draft. Tyree Wilson. At number five. And that seems to be kind of the consensus pick there right now. Mm. Seen it more often than anything else because, you know, the big four guys are going to be gone in theory. Uh, maybe. In theory, in a lot of these mock drafts, those first four guys are gone. And so at number five of the Seahawks stay there, a lot of these mock drafts have them taking Tyree Wilson. All right. So that's exciting. Defensive end, of course, at a Texas Tech. We've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, Z guy. But at number twenty, I will admit to being a little intrigued by this, and I kind of wonder how you would feel if the Seahawks went in this direction. Mm. Now we've seen a lot of names there, right? We've seen some folks say, uh, "What was the defensive end that?" Priceley, of them. Yeah, we uh, didn't I'm really Bryson know D. him. Uh, we've seen uh, Eric Edholm, who right now has them saying uh, going with the uh, big nose tackle out of Baylor, Siaki Ika. Oh, you like him? Oh, his name is Apu. Huh? You just call him Apu. That's his name, Apu.
1: Yep, that's, that's what he that's, goes by. Yeah, I, Apu is like the dancing bear or something. He's oh, okay. three hundred and fifty pounds. He's <laughs> he's a uh, he's not Vita Vea athletically, but he's strength a lot of power. Okay, yeah. so yep. that
0: would be kind of an interesting pick, mm-hmm. and certainly I don't think anybody here would get mad if they were drastically improving their defensive line. But how would you feel? If at number twenty, as mm. Matt Miller mocks mm. here, mm. the Seahawks uh go with Jackson Smith and oh, Jigba. I knew you were going wide receiver there. from Ohio State. I, I will admit some some real intrigue because I like him. I
1: knew. Like I just knew you I just didn't knew. even see that mock. I would seen a few things with with him kind of in that area, twenty to twenty five as a receiver. And yeah, and and I thought, gosh, if there is a guy that Salk is actually watched, mm-hmm. part of it is because of G. Scott Jr. being there and, yep. and watching Ohio State closely. Part of it's because C.J. Stroud, and part of it's because they've been in Rose Bowls and playoff games and everything else. But when and you
0: part- watch their games, you can't miss him. Correct. Right. I, think- I mean, he just, he he always seems to catch touchdown passes. He's <laughs> always in the middle of everything. And we do have a little inside info. We talked to G about him on Friday while you were out. And he, like, he and Baby G were roommates for a little while. Like, G knows him very well. Well, they came into school together, right. I believe. They out there did. They did. Columbus. Yep. Yeah.
2: Did it hurt your feelings that you came on here last year with all of your experience in college football and right. told us that right. Ken Walker was a comp right. to Jonathan Taylor and brought mm-hmm. wanted nothing or Salk wanted nothing to do with him in the second round but yeah. because g told him yeah, that's that nothing to do with g <laughs> Oh, you want a receiver in the second round when that's you know, not a big knee, but no, you didn't want a running back no, in the second no, round. You know no, what, Maura, no, no. I Rob have asked told you how good he was. Mora,
1: we have talked about this for months. I said, Maura, if you've got you know your instincts, if you have got a little <laughs> something in your gut, right, you got a little opinion, just let it out. Just interrupt Salk and I at any time, Justin. Yeah. You too, especially with your bro culture, right? And now you and Cal Raleigh buddies <laughs> hanging out every like, just
0: go for it. Way to go, Mora.
1: Should Way I
3: bring th- Should I bring Cal's sleeveless shirt? Spring training. You think I should bring us some magic like a shirt, shirt uh, that was
0: that once had sleeves that have now been removed. Obviously, right? Not yes. a, not something that was stitched. Or, that or way. do you think we should cut them off together with our Leathermans? Oh. Okay. you don't just Wolf. rip. Do both? Okay. Yes. Way to
1: go, Maura! Thank you for that shot three minutes into the show on this Tuesday. No, yeah, I was it hurts. Just really
2: wondering if it hurts.
1: But after 14 though. years, Maura, no, sure. After 14 years, I get it. I understand. You it. don't
0: think I trust your instincts when it comes to the draft? <laughs> I basically build my entire opinions around what you tell me in this stuff. Yes. How dare you! I happen to have seen Mora, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba with my own eyes, which is rare because I don't watch a ton of college football. Nope. But I've watched him because I was watching for G's kid, and you know he's the one who kept catching touchdown passes. So you know yes. who he's.
1: You know who he's got a lot of. He's got a lot of Doug Baldwin. Yeah, he, he's uh, you know he's a he's a slot guy, and he's okay with that. Just like Doug, or er, realized pretty early and, and with a lot of maturity. Like, yeah, I don't. You know, as hard headed as he was and as stubborn as Doug could be, he knew like, okay, I'm a slot receiver in this league and I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to play a long time. And I'm not going to try to pretend that I got to be a one or play flanker or split in. Let, let me just own this real estate and let me play it at a level that nobody in the history of the franchise had done. Bobby Ingram had done it in spurts and enlarged it moved all over the field. But Doug Baldwin owned that slot position. Jackson Smith and Jigma went to Ohio State with all these dudes. Best receiving core, right, right there with Alabama from a few years ago with Jerry Judy and and Ruggs and, you know, all the guys. That Ohio State crew, when it's said and done, they're going to look back and go, whew. Goodness gracious, Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. And how Olave. did they how did they do that? Chris Olave. And and how did they all work together and find a role? Because that guy was like, That's I'm good. I'll play in the slot and I'll play it at a level that nobody else in college football. Do you has. remember what he did in the Rose Bowl a few years ago? Yeah, he caught like twenty two passes. 15, those other those other catches, dudes opted
0: out and fifteen catches. They could not guard him. Fifteen catches. Yep. Three hundred and forty seven yards. Mm-hmm. Three 15 catches, three forty-seven in the Rose Bowl.
1: Now, to be fair, Don't Utah was to be fair. Utah was down to a running back having to play corner. Um, so they had so many injuries and depleted, but that doesn't take away. Nobody could cover them. Utah couldn't that day. Nobody could. Now the question becomes, I know bump and Stacy talked about this yesterday. You want to do that? You need a legit bona fide third receiver. Do you do you want to spend that kind of value if Dewan Jones? And, and by the way, I think our buddy over in uh, in Europe, Rob Staten, was mm-hmm. just oh yeah, he was he was gushing. Playing, well, wow, he was he's play, he was playing to the audience because he tweeted me, he put out his two round mock, mm. and uh, he said, "What do you think?" Because he had somebody coming up to trade for Will Levis in the top three. That'd be great. Uh, that'd be really good. Yeah, and guess who was at five? Uh, Jalen Carter. Right. And he went Jalen Carter and Dewan Jones five and twenty. That would be wonderful. And I just said good night, Irene. Thank you. Right. That's, yep. I'm
0: that'd good. be really good. Look, <laughs> hey, I'm. By the way, if if any of those things go down, that'd be great. I'd love Jalen Carter. I'd love uh, Tyree Wilson is interesting to me certainly. And and if uh, the kid, what's his name, Apu out of uh, yeah. out of Baylor, that sounds intriguing as well. Um, I will admit that I think that they do need a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I do. I yep. think that is on their needs list. Tyler and is not getting younger. He's 31. He'll be 32 this upcoming year. Uh, and even with him, they still need a little bit more offensive firepower. That that is not. Look, yep. I like what they do with the multiple tight ends, and I'm not saying that if you put this kid on the team, he's gonna you know immediately catch 1,200 yards a, you know a year. But I do think they need somebody like that. If they don't do it, I'm not going to be mad. But he is sort of in that category of like, eh, maybe it doesn't appear to be your biggest need. But if they went that direction and just took the most talented guy available at that spot, I couldn't be mad.
1: I love that guy. I think he is going to be super prolific. He feels to me like a charger. He feels to me like an eleven personnel team, a team that's going to live in eleven personnel seventy-five mm-hmm. percent of the time. Maybe in Denver, you know, in, in but they gave away their first round pick, so he's going to be somewhere in that first round, somewhere in that late first round. His testing will be important, but he feels like an eleven personnel. I'll tell you what I want at that spot. I want a Debo. I want a second round, bigger, faster, stronger, maybe raw, but that's okay because DK was super raw mm-hmm. and you got Tyler and you've got vets that can show him the ropes, but somebody on jet sweep, somebody, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, man,
0: we've gone down that direction now three times. Like I, I'm, I'm out on those sort of second, third, D Eskridge was a wannabe
1: that way. He was never, okay, well, he was never like that. There was no, when he was drafted, there was never a, Oh Mike, I love this. This guy's Debo. It's like, this guy's not been very productive. I know he's fast, but I don't know. You just said
0: raw, this and that. Like that makes me a little bit nervous because that position after the first round, I think, tends to bust out a lot. Right. We've seen it here with Amara Darbo and a few of those other guys You're just like, yeah, they don't have it at all.
1: But DK was a second, Tyler was a third. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's a, it is a volatile, no question, a volatile position. But thank you. I'm glad that uh, you love
0: Jackson Smith. I Jacob. do like him. Yeah, yes. mostly because of G. It has nothing to yeah. do with you. I don't care what you have to say. I'm a, a straight-up G guy. Good. Yeah, just a,
1: right. No, just keep it right
0: there, straight-up G. Yeah, you I'm are. just a straight-up G. That's uh, <laughs> yes. generally how people describe me. All right, coming up next here, we'll give you everything you need to know. Uh, and then uh, I want to respond to some of what we heard from Lewis Riddick because when he mentions the Grand Canyon, Well, I think we need to identify exactly why and what that means for the Seahawks moving forward. Stick around. We're going to have some fun today. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com. Need to know.
1: 15 minutes past every
0: hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know up first. Well, as the date to franchise players in the NFL gets closer, the Seahawks still have a big decision to make at the quarterback position. And while I think we've used that deadline as a potential spot to maybe see a decision, Bob Condota joining Bump and Stacey yesterday saying, eh, not so fast. I would be stunned anyway if they signed into a contract that had a cap number this year anywhere close to that. Thirty million obviously would make it far more difficult to do anything for for the team this year. So you don't want to have to do that. And they do have some other things they need to do. They're probably going to have to, you know, uh, cut a few players or maybe restructure a few contracts of some veteran guys: Shelby Harris and Quentin Jefferson and Gabe Jackson, and kind of have or or maybe three veterans you look at who have contracts that you could do something with to kind of free up some more money to do some things and to try to fit Geno.
1: Yeah, and I would equally be shocked on that trio of vets if they're here in Seattle next year, or, or certainly on any deal that uh, they're compensated anywhere near mm-hmm. uh, the numbers they would be now. So they're going to rework those deals, and Bob's right. I mean, a $30-plus 1000000 franchise, like $32 million, untenable. You You can't do that. You can't put that chunk, but could they lay that on him first in order to buy a little bit more time, in order to create a little bit more leverage? I, I do think it is very much in play. Totally agree with Bob that there is no way the next year his cap number will be $30 million, But I'm not ready to discount the leverage the Seahawks gain by having that in their pocket.
0: Well, but doesn't he gain some leverage if they don't want it to be a $30 million deal? <laughs> yes, yes, So it's a risk either way. I don't know. People sure seem to be trending towards the fact that he will get signed. Louis Riddick, I think, said that he would do it yesterday as well. And I'm good with that, by the way. I would love to have Geno Smith back. As long as you are creative, free up space, and significantly improve your defense this offseason, that would be great. If you could keep Gino and improve the defense, that would be the best case scenario. Here's the second thing. You need to know. The Kraken finally get back to business this afternoon on Long Island, taking on the Islanders even better. Should be healthy. Matty Beneers, Jaden Schwartz, Justin Schultz, all returning to practice yesterday. Even goalie Chris Drieger participated for the first time all year. He had off-season surgery on his knee. And that was also the first time we saw defenseman Jacob Megna practice. Uh, I don't know whether he's going to play yet tonight. It seemed like he probably wouldn't. But some interesting line pairings. Beneers is playing with Burakovsky and Schwartz, so that's a little bit different from what we've seen. And I, I just I just found myself looking at those line combinations yesterday. And the one that really stands out to me is their fourth line, their ability to generate offense and, and have three guys on that line that are, I think, legitimate top nine players in most teams. It's a huge difference maker for them and just their depth.
1: Well, and that depth is why they've been so good and in particular, one of the best on the road and put together a historic all-time NHL record-breaking road trip before the All-Star break, before coming home. So I think good news, if they start out after a prolonged break, uh, these guys should be healthy, they should be fresh, and boy, they've been at their best on the road. Go get it started against the Islanders tonight.
3: Here's the
0: third thing you need to know. Well, things are going to change a little bit in Denver, and it's now very clear who is in charge. It is not Russell Wilson. His name is Sean Payton and he's going to be running the show moving forward. How do you feel about players having their own people off the staff in the building, access to the players? Yeah,
3: that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. I think it's
0: a little wrong that they keep singling out Jake. And then er- the earlier part of that question, that's from DMAC. He actually even mentions Jake by name, first and last name. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, Jake's not the problem, but it's Russ. Russ and his need for access – need for having something more than everybody else gets, that's where you end up with an issue. And I think that's where Sean Payton is stepping in and saying, yeah, not so much.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, Jake gets a lot of the attention and, you know, the, the former player and you got your own QB coach, but it's the whole rest of them. Right? It's it's not just Jake. What about his physical therapist? What about his strength coaches? What about his entourage? What about, about all wife? the people that yeah. were in the building? What about, yeah, Sierra Space in there? I think it will be a very different uh, sheriff running a very different town where all of that is going to be out the door, and you're going to use our strength coaches, right. and you're going to use our trainers. Now, if you want to go home, Right? And, and like you, a lot of
0: guys do. Absolutely. Tons and of you, guys have their own personal coaches. And
1: you, yep, and uh, Deshaun Watson had a lot of them. And but if you want to go use your own, that's if you want to go use your own therapist, really and your own sports psychologist, and your own people, that's great. Yeah. But it's not going to be here in this building. We're not going to complicate anything that is the Denver Broncos. He's,
0: he's very much in charge. Very much. I heard you had a, quite a night last night. Okay.
1: <clears throat> yes, I've been sitting on this because you'd have been very proud of me. So you know I. Um, you know, I said the Lord has a funny sense of humor, and maybe you know the end of me cheering really loudly at games is going to be the effect now as I get older mm. on my voice, on my money maker right here, Salk. So, right, I mean, this, you got to be voice, careful of that my thing, yes. 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 And so, yeah, last week I kind of told you I lost it, and the next day I had some uh, some voice work, and let's just say the whole thing got shut down because my voice was not up to par. And uh, the guy said, "Are you feeling okay?" And I'm like. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. You know, did my radio show this morning. Yeah, now your voice just it's hoarse. It's not right. Yeah, yeah, not right. So so last night Macy uh plays and they play a school and the school doesn't normally get to play Valor. We don't normally play them, and it was packed, man. It was an incredible gym. I'll send you the their band looked like the LSU band. <laughs> and they had like a hundred band men. I'm not even lying. I'll shoot you guys in a bit. Basketball video. gym. Yes. All right. All the boys were there, the student body was there, people in the community, like they were out. It was it was awesome. Okay. And uh, Valor got after it, and so here's a chant that Valor has had to deal with for the last 15 years or so, Salk. When teams start to lose and get frustrated, their student body chants, Daddy's money, Mm. Daddy's money. Okay. So you know what I said? I said, you know what, Salk's going to love this. Oh. Yep. Am I? Yeah, I think think you're going to love it. What'd What'd your boy do? First of all, what do you think I did? Is that is that is going on? Do you think that bothered me? You, uh,
0: yes, I do. Yeah, I, did. yeah I think that got under your skin because you're kind of you know a mental midget. So, so what did I do? Did I just sit on my
1: hands? Did I do nothing? Uh, I, do I think on?
0: you stood up and kind of gave the money sign, like with your fingers, like yeah. You more, did more, you and start more? throwing money? Yeah, Maura, Justin, you, you guys took have? out your dollar bills, Monopoly and- money. <laughs> <laughs> let's just
1: say the Let's just say Macy's coach after the game said, "What I did." Stunned her. Like she was shocked and stunned for a minute. She she had to stop talking. Did you go full moon? No, didn't go full moon. No. uh Uh-uh. Maura, any ideas?
2: I don't think I know this side of you very well
0: at all. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine. Like the. the Nope.
1: So I got up and you know what your boy did? I said, Mommy's money. Oh. Mommy's money. Wow. And you know, at those just sexist. You know, disrespectful little punks over there. Wow, and it shut them right up. It was uh, it was pretty fun. Wow, I was borderline pretty proud. What did of Molly that. have to say about that? Um, what did Molly have to say? Uh, I don't know. I think she kind of tunes me out. <laughs> yeah. in
0: those cases. She's actually sitting on the other side of the gym because <laughs> she didn't she... want to be anywhere near
3: uh-huh. you. Brock Brock so she may or may not have heard you. She
1: was gone. But I, got, I was <laughs> looking around, and a lot of our moms and dads <laughs> yeah. were, were giving me the... Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Nicely
0: done. Well played, sir. I
1: thought of all people, you would enjoy. I that. do enjoy Come that. Back, no, that's very good. Drop your man. Know? Drop your man. Card at the door. That's right. Who are you to tell me
0: it's daddy's money? Exactly. It's mommy's
1: money. And Look you at shut you. Shut your hole. And know your role. You jabroni.
0: <laughs> you should have said that. Should have gone full uh, Travis Kelsey on them. Let's see what happened then. All right. Uh, good stuff, Rog. That's funny. Coming up next, uh, Lewis Riddick uh, had a few things to say yesterday. I want to react to. And there's more Sean Payton sound. Like as good as the Riddick stuff is, I got to play you. There's there's two other cuts from Sean Payton. I know the one about Jake is sort of making the rounds and everybody's sort of making that into a big deal. The other two might be funnier. That's next. Brock and Salk Sales on 710salesports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk.
1: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio.
0: On Seattle's Sports Station. Yeah, so things are uh, changing in Denver, that's for sure. I am curious to see how this goes. So we we played you some of the sound earlier of Sean Payton saying that they're not going to have personal coaches in the building. Again, I think Jake's being unfairly scapegoated here. I don't think this is about Jake. And I don't think Jake's getting fired. I know we've gotten a ton of these texts. They're like, oh, poor Jake. He moved out there. Now he's going to get fired. Is he going to come back? I don't think that's going to happen. No. He's not going to have an office inside the Broncos facility, but I don't think Russell's getting rid of Jake because of this. Sean Payton's not saying Jake can't coach you. He's saying he can't do it from inside the building with his own office because you don't get special privileges. I'm the one in charge, not you.
1: Correct. 100%. And, and as it turns out, about the last month of the season, a lot of his personnel were not around the building, whether that was Russell, whether that was the the new interim coach. So, it wasn't as if uh, that, that even existed all season last year. And, you know, pe- people in Denver, a lot of, you know, is this good? Russ going to be okay with this? Russ going to be all right with Sean Payton? I actually think Russ, after last season, like I think he wants to be led again. I do. I, I think it was, last year was such a rough season and such a halt to mm-hmm. his Hall of Fame rocket and arc that and it got shot back down. That I think that he, and this was the candidate that he wanted by all accounts, both in the media you know, and behind the scenes. This is what he clamored for and wanted, and he got it, and yeah, I, I think you're going to see a little different buy-in by number 3. Well,
0: I would tend to agree with you on that, and I think it'll work for a little while, too. I mean, I, I'm curious to see how Sean Payton, kind of what he does with Russ, he's a pretty smart offensive mind, and he's had a lot of success, uh, but he's sort of continued to let people know who's in charge. The
3: work, the work has started. Um, you know, this, I kind of use this term you know, a little bit more anonymous donors this season, you know, where we're not you, know, you just know that we're working, uh, but a little bit less visible visibility on social media and all those other things like we're going to get to work. And ultimately, it's how we do in the fall. Um, so we kind of go from there and then and then we kind of earn it with our fans. And, and we've got fantastic fans that uh, will appreciate that. A little more substance,
0: a little less sizzle,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? Uh, yes. we're going to do the work rather than talking about the work. We're going mm-hmm. to get better rather than telling everyone that we're better.
1: We're not going to wear our own jerseys to train camp. <laughs> we're not going to come in a post-apocalyptic truck. All right. We're in our own Jersey. We're not going to remember this too. I was reminded of this. Remember last off season, like on his cleats at his Russell Wilson, you know, field in his backyard, he wrote like the super bowls that Denver had won. Right. And, and then he added, like, more to come. Oh, geez. Like, just stop. Just stop the you pounding. Know. Stop the pounding and the nonsense
0: and the hammering and get back to work, please. You know, it's funny. We, we were saying for a long time that what Russ needed was somebody in his entourage to just tell it to him straight. It sounds like he may have inherited that in Sean Payton, who's just going to come to him and be like, hey, dude, cut it out. Stop tweeting.
1: Sounds like he did. He did. It's not a sounds like. All right. And it's not a Sean Payton. And this ownership group knew that. And it's why it was really Harbaugh one and Sean Payton one A. And that was it. Two guys and,
0: that could come in and tell Russ what was what. That's right. Hey, man, no, you can't do this. You're not in charge. We're in charge. That's the only way this thing really functions. And you're not good at this, by the way. Be what you're good at. And yep. it'll be curious to see how that how that functions. Now, I did find this one fairly entertaining. Here's a little more from Sean Payton.
3: I became more and more comfortable. And yet I still want to hear those assistants in my ear always relative to timeout usage, fourth quarter, um, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate the crowd having to count down the 30 second clock.
0: Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Morrow dug far and wide to find oh, that yeah. cut late last night. And that is a riot, man. Like, first of all, does anybody ever really anticipate the crowd having to count down the 30 second clock? <laughs> no, but the way he says it's just priceless. Yeah.
1: You know, this, they've kind of got the trio now in Denver. You've got George Payton spelled P-A-T-T-O-N. Looks like Patton, but he's Payton. You've got, uh, Payton Manning, P-E-Y-T-O-N. And now you've got Sean Payton, P-A-Y-T-O-N. So you've got the triplet, Payton, all kind of voicing in. I know that Payton played a role with the ownership group. Is it just a sounding board? And I think Sean, you know, Peyton Manning would tell you that Sean Payton is going to be the best fit. Now, will he work with George Payton, the GM? As Lewis Riddick told us yesterday, like the hierarchy or that structure in these NFL organizations is really what sets teams apart. You know, so can he work alongside? We'll see to be determined. You know, this ownership group hired Sean Payton. George Payton, the GM, did not. So we'll see how all of those things can coexist. But they feel like in the Denver market, they got a grown-up in the room. Mm. They feel like they've got somebody after Hackett, after Fangio. After Vance Johnson, that has actually been there and done it and is totally comfortable and is willing, as you said yesterday, Salk, you know, whether overtly or, or covertly to tell his quarterback, uh, new sheriff in town. Well, somebody needs to,
0: right? I mean, they don't need to say new sheriff in town, but somebody needs to, at the very least, just tell him, like, hey, I'm in charge. You don't get to go do all this stuff, and and it should help him. It should make Russ better this year. Yep. At least it'll let him stop embarrassing himself. Now, maybe, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like on the field yet. That'll be interesting in its own right, but at least he'll stop embarrassing himself and adding fuel to the fire. What
1: about offseason season Russ? You think they're going to get... They got a lot of off-season Russ last year. I mean, they got like a triple dosage. You mean, like, size-wise? Well, I mean just offseason season Russ. We got mogul Russ. We got dad bod Russ. We've got businessman Russ, right? I
0: would, uh, I'd be curious to see whether or not they're able to get him in a bit better shape heading into next season because my guess is they're going to want to run around a little bit because, you know, it's one of the things he's actually good at. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, back here to Seattle. Lewis Riddick, who joined us yesterday. Uh, I kind of gave him my my what if, right, that we've talked about. The what if you sign Drew Locke instead of Geno Smith for a lot less money, and then you go spend that money trying to get better elsewhere. He was not having it. But I, I think the gulf between what Drew Locke could do and what Geno Smith did, did this year to be Grand Canyon esque. Mm. I don't care how much they say they like him. I don't I don't see it. Mm. I believe that drop off would be so significant and so dramatic that Duran Payne, he better be Warren Sapp and Aaron Donald combined when he gets there. And Max Crosby better be Max Time that was already great. Mm. I, I I just don't I don't see that.
1: Okay, two things. I'm gonna take this two ways. First of all, anytime the Grand Canyon is mes- is mentioned, <laughs> yeah, all I think is the greatest Brady bunch, of course, ever.
0: Yes. Yeah, when they take the mule down, oh, yeah,
1: and Peter got lost, of I course. believe, yeah, or Alice, no, not Alice. Was that Alice on the trip? Was she let out? I think other Alice. Alice was there.
0: I don't remember who got lost, but I know somebody Gosh. got lost. What a great show! Yes.
1: Have you never seen it,
0: kids? Go Google it. Okay? The Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch, Bunch where they Canyon. go to Grand Canyon. Yes. <laughs> Again, oh, this is classic. my culture.
1: This is my culture. I think you know? it <laughs> would
0: be vacation, where he just is like, "All right, let's go." And like puts his arm around us. His... No one remembers that. Yeah. No. I National good vacation. That's pretty much how I feel whenever I've been to the Grand Canyon. I'm like, all yeah. right, oh, that was cool. And Heather, like, Heather wants to go take the donkeys down and stuff. Like, I want to do that. Like, I saw it looks great. I don't good need to that. kill myself going down this stupid <laughs> thing. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Uh, so that's number one. It's beautiful I've... though number two that is that's a harsh indictment man because lewis reddick that's not normally his mo no right i mean he's normally a little more positive he was the most positive of the seahawks of anybody of any analyst that was out last august right with his own eyes he saw it all he was out there watching practice when drew was out there so it wasn't it it, it isn't as if he is just saying this on his broncos Mm -hmm. experience he was there and he just doesn't he doesn't. He doesn't buy that, man. And that whole bird in hand, right? That that bird in the hand and what you know versus the unknown. He's telling you very clearly that bird in hand that that the Geno has in those 18 games. Yeah, there's going to be a big, big delta and a big learning curve for Drew to climb. In his mind, don't even go there. Don't even start that. Gosh, process.
0: It, that one's hard for me. Um, I, I, I get what he's saying on the burden hand. And by the way, I've said this a few times. If you can't, I don't want this to be confused. I don't want anyone to think that this debate has anything to do with me not being you know, interested in Geno Smith. I like Geno Smith. I enjoyed what he did last year. I will be happy if he is the quarterback here next year and beyond. I thought he proved himself and was fantastic. So anytime I have this conversation about maybe – you know, trying to trying to, to move on or do it a different way, it is not an indictment of how I feel about Geno Smith, and I'll have no problems with him being here. But I do think that if you were to actually be able to pull off signing Daron Payne, trading for Max Crosby and extending him, and then drafting somebody else with the number five pick to help your defense mm-hmm. and then going with Drew Locke, mm-hmm. yes, that would be a better team. Yeah. I, I, mean, I do I think, that, I think I think there was some pushback there
1: and and I think there's it's probably fair that Washington will likely use the maybe the franchise they will. tag on Payne, and Crosby is not going to be available and you know I mean those are some of the the risks and dangers there as well I mean it's a fun hypothetical it's a fun game to play well, and
0: I was using those guys to sort of as it doesn't have to be them in particular right. I'm using them as sort of placeholders for the idea their names to just sort of you know, be tangible rather than saying a defensive tackle, a defensive end. Right. I'm sort of pointing at those guys as possibilities. Correct. But, yeah, all right, fine. Maybe it's not those two. Maybe maybe Vegas doesn't decide to trade Max Crosby. Maybe, you know, you can't get Derron Payne. I understand all of that. Yeah. I still hey, think that, that would be a better can, team.
1: Here, here's one little angle, and, and I think on a daily basis, a weekly basis, until this gets done, there's just going to be new tentacles to the story. Do you have any – I don't think I've heard this brought up yet, and this isn't necessarily – counting pockets, but it's just asking a, a very viable real question because we watched money change guys here, right? We you, You've heard people say, man, man, money makes some of these dudes weird,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like Earl Thomas all of a sudden was a king at his wedding. I mean, I
0: think he was always weird, but he got weirder. Uh,
1: yeah, but he got a little weirder when, you know, even more tens of millions came in his pocket. Sure. Any concern, like the beautiful thing about Gino's script and story this year was there were haters. Any concern that, you know, I'm going to write those – those people back and all of those doubters, right? Any any concern that a guy that had to scrap and claw and buy, you know, uh, NFL payrolls, and, and I know it's not you and me and, and those listening out there, it's, it's still an, an enormous amount of money. But from an NFL standpoint, he's always been on basically the bottom of the food chain. Mm-hmm. He's been a minimum guy that's had to fight and scrap and claw and even think about go play in CFL. You concerned at all if he were to get a fifty million dollar signing bonus from a psychology standpoint? Like, all right, now now I've arrived. Instead of the chip, and I got to prove to everybody. Now I've been paid. Now I'm the guy, and now I've got to live in this world where I got to go earn it. Not, I got to go prove it. Now I got to go. I mean, earn he's it. certainly
0: saying all the right things, right? I mean, I, yes. I, I don't know what that means, but he's saying all the right things. Yeah, I'd have some concern. Yeah. How could you not? Right. Yeah, I, I think that that also
1: has to at least be considered. I don't think people should just, oh, diminish that or, or not think that that's viable but or not concern. think it's
0: real. It's a concern with anybody, though, right? I Absolutely. Mean, it's always a concern.
1: You know that's one of my big concerns because I watched guys shut it down. Mm. I watched guys get paid, and, and all of a sudden in training camp, they were the Tasmanian devil and couldn't be blocked, and then they got their bonus, and it was <laughs> like, yep, I'm going to run into that pile. What did you tell us more about
0: who uh, about who uh, Gino referenced in the rest of that podcast?
2: Oh yeah, I said, man, he keeps saying all the right things, but the one like little red flag that I heard in there was that they they asked him about some advice that he got, and he said it was from Floyd Mayweather, and they were like, oh yeah, you're pretty close with him, right? And he's like, well, I wouldn't say we're close, but I'm tight with AB, and and he reached out, and I was like, ooh, you're good friends with the Yeah, he did. Now he did say that. <laughs> The way that he got that advice from me whether it was that he was reaching out to Antonio Brown to check on him. So I mean maybe maybe, maybe. they were maybe they were closer before he um ha- had all these Maybe he said A D
0: and he was talking about Adrian D. No, Dantley. he definitely
2: said A B. <laughs> No,
0: All right. Right. sorry, I wasn't sure. Um, but he did Whoa. say he
2: was checking on him, so maybe, you know maybe they were closer before things really went south for him, and mm-hmm. he's trying to be a Sounds good like friend. It's a pretty
0: red flag to me. <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> yes, but hey, I, would, you, I would hope. Who that do you hang uh, out
0: with? Floyd Mayweather, and Antonio <laughs> Brown? No, Biggie, you can trust me though. <laughs> Pay me fifty mil, I'm going to be good as gold. Don't even worry about it. Those two guys, totally normal, and that's exactly how I'm going to be as well. Let's do some blue eighty-eight. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88.
3: Blue 88! Blue 88!
0: We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can.
1: Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. All right,
0: let's accept what uh, Riddick says there, that there is a Grand Canyon-sized gulf between Drew Locke and Geno Smith why where where are the differences where is that delta yeah
1: this is a this is a little bit of a i think if you're going to dive deep it's a little bit of a nuanced or you know you're just going to have to parse a little bit because when it comes to just frame similar comes to athleticism similar but drew's a very good athlete drew was a tremendous basketball yeah, i player. thought
0: there would have been advantage drew lock there
1: i mean even yeah i think if you were to do like a pure just combine if these two had to like go through the combine process right now and in the interview process and do all of that and you measure them and you run them and they jump and they do all this drew's probably by those measurements a better athlete mm-hmm. um, when it comes to pure arm strength i think drew lock can throw a football 80 yards and he can he can throw it on the line fifty-five yards and he's, you know, pure just arm like fastball. Once again, like measuring with the with the radar gun, he's probably tops geno. But man, it is just those gosh, those things that are hard to measure. And that's just awareness. I'll call it awareness. I'm not even gonna call it my two favorite words, which are anticipation and accuracy. Right? It, it would be linked a little more in the family that you love, and that's decision-making.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, Your decision-making. And, and what is it the basis of your decision-making? It's just your awareness. Down and distance. Right, That first preseason game of taking a sack when you cross midfield and you're near field goal range. Don't do it. Just get rid of the ball. Just just have that awareness to, to slow the game down. Right, It's Pete Carroll looking at Gino when he emotionally got hot against the Chargers after a horrible call. Like, Tone it down. And I think Pete will bring out the best, and he will help Drew. And I bet you if Louis Riddick watched Drew Locke in OTAs versus training camp versus week 14 of the season, he may not have said Grand Canyon-esque, but he would have said there's a difference because Geno has an awareness and has a spatial feel, and that flag football game showed even at that his anticipation of throwing into windows and knowing where people are and largely protecting the football. And those are things that, with Drew, would be still an enormous risk. An enormous risk to see if that can develop. (laughs) Because there's some guys, Mike, that, you know, and and I've talked to Damon about this, and and I think my nephew sees the game incredibly well. You know, Sam was a point guard, and I, you know, in the right environments, in the right space, and certainly in that system that he played in the air raid, he'll get to do again. Like, he sees and anticipates, like a great point guard. Drew is a shooting guard. (laughs) You know, he wasn't a point guard. Gino and and Pete loves point guards. Russell was a point guard. A great dribbler and a great passer, but he's a point guard. (laughs) Gino's a point guard that can facilitate. Drew's a shooting guard that has not yet shown in his career that he can be that facilitator.
0: All right, question number two. All right, well, more on Gino then. Uh, He said uh, in that podcast that he could improve quite a bit from year one to year two as a starter. What is he talking about? What are the areas of growth for Gino Smith?
1: Well, we know this franchise record in yards, franchise record in completion percentage, franchise records in attempts and completions. Franchise records. We know across the league, top five in, in QB rating, top five in touchdown passes. You know where he was in a tie for third worst in the league? Russell. Russell was the worst in the league. Actually, Russell was tied. And then uh, Gino and Kirk Cousins were tied for third worst in the league last year in this number. Sacks. Russell and Justin Fields were both sacked 55 times. Now, that does not all fall on the quarterback. But a lot of it does. You, you're you kind of the peanut butter to the jelly. And you can get rid of the football at times. And we know Russ struggles with that. And he's always been sacked a lot. Russ and Fields, 55 sacks. Next on that list, Cousins and Geno, 46. That's the area that when he sits down with Shane Waldron, and we'll see if Dave Canales is still his QB coach, and they watch in April when they get back in the building together. Let's walk through all 46 of these. How many of them were on you? How many of them could you have changed the protection? How many of them could you got the ball out? How many of them could you have slid up in the pocket instead of, you know, bailing out? How many of them? How many of those 46? That's a humbling tape. I watched that tape one time. That's a hard, that's a hard tape to watch because you do realize pretty quickly. Yeah, there's a lot of those that are on me. I just get rid of the ball mm. and don't give them that negative play. I think that is the area where the game can slow down protection wise, communication wise, live to play another day wise. That's an area that he can grow the most.
0: All right. Question number three. I haven't spent a ton of time yet really talking about the Super Bowl this weekend, but I think it's going to be a great game. We're talking a little bit about it and.
1: Oh, you're going to have to give me one minute. Keep uh, yeah, talking. Let me find this tweet. Okay, keep good. Talking.
0: Cause I, I think the, the, this is a, spectacularly even game i think both teams are excellent if i have to choose right now i'm taking philly i think they just might be a little bit more explosive around like all like all roster not just obviously offense and i think that's balanced off a little bit by patrick Mahomes being the best player on the field so what uh i'm taking philly
1: big by the way are you really yeah i think it's going to be a double digit win wow I think they are playing at that level. I think when Jalen Hurts played this season, they were the most dominant. It wasn't close. We we saw San Francisco, and I know Brock Purdy got hurt, and and that's a little tough. But a they knocked tough. they uh, they knocked him out of the game. All right, they blasted him. Uh, Hassan Reddick did to into oblivion. F- uh, Field Yates put this together yesterday. <laughs> did you see this tweet? The Chiefs this year, sixteen and three, five hundred and forty six points scored. Six all pros, including the Kelsey brother in their QB, the AFC's number one seed. The Eagles this year, 16 and 3 record, 546 points scored. Wow. Six all pros, including the Kelsey brother in their QB, the NFC's number one seed. Crazy. I mean Yeah, they're similar. That's very, very surprised that you think very it's that big of a difference. Yeah, I think if the Chiefs could not run on the Bengals, and they couldn't run a lick in their own building, How in the world are they going to run on that front?
0: Hmm. Well, as we lifelong uh, Eagles fans say, Brock, go birds. (laughs) Yes. Fly, Eagles, fly. You rooting for the Eagles? I mean, yeah.
1: (laughs) They, you know, Chris Jones is an amazing pass rusher. Frank Clark's an animal. Right. They have not faced an O-line like this. One that's going to hammer them. What they did to Fred Warner putting them in a bind in their RPO game, what they do in the run game because of Jalen, and Jalen didn't have to save himself for another day. He didn't have to wait to run the ball to the fourth quarter. I think they're going to pound Kansas City.
0: Maury, who are you rooting for?
2: Eagles.
0: I think I am too. All right. Brock, are you rooting
1: for the Eagles? Well, I just gave my strong. I very you said they were going to win, but I wasn't opinion. sure if that's
0: who you're rooting for. Uh, yes, because
1: I'd like to see Titus cry, maybe for the last time in his life. Sheesh. He's 13 now, so he's going to grow out of this wow. at some point. <laughs> are you sure?
0: <laughs> yes. It's okay to cry, <laughs> not, not when your team. I don't want to see him cry, but oh, I think when your team loses, right. got it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I Did
1: just. You I... cried
2: the Super Bowl last year,
0: Justin? Uh, yeah, I think there are probably some tears there. They've gotten mad. I don't think I've cried at a sporting event since I was eight. Huh? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That is blue eight. <laughs> Actual tears from your team losing? I think I did. I think I remember hugging some Bengals fans and being like, "Oh no, I'm actually like more emotional than I really expected." But I it could was be also
2: very emotional. Like the whole the way experience that got to go yeah, there, yeah. And then it
0: didn't yeah. end well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah. man. Like
2: you I, were all into how emotional it was that his friends got him it was there, great. and then you're like, "Yeah, That's, okay, fuck up, cowboy." Totally
0: different it's ex- all tot- the
3: emotion you're allowed to have. Different now. kind
0: of tears, man. <laughs> totally different kind of tears. Tears of joy. Tears of being touched by your, you know what that means. Your friends and how much they mean to you. All of that. Totally right there with you, Brock. What kind of tears would you call those? Tears because your team loses. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's that's. Have we ranked
1: tears? Have we ranked
0: tears before? I don't know. Oh, we probably have. <laughs> we, I would think so. Tears for fears. For tears sure, to, to be, be on that list. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to <Thanks>, regroup.
1: <laughs> Hold on. That's how I get those two back together. Yes. Laura. I don't like those two fun <laughs> videos, right? <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> We're going to take a little moment. Justin and I are going to determine whether or not we've ever ranked tears. Well, and tears. we'll be right back on Profit Sox. Seattle Sports on seven hundred and ten Seattle Sports app as well.